So, uh, where do you want to start? Uh, Rappiest to the, like best, I guess. Which, in my opinion, it was fucking AEW. Oh, oh okay. All, all right, let's we'll start there. We'll start at AEW. Let's start there. Okay. So, yeah, guys, AEW was not as good as a regular show. Yeah. I'm kind of bored. I feel like it should have been better. It should have been. It should have been better. There was... There was a lot of things about this show that wasn't good. But... Here's the thing. I'm here to correct all those things and make it better because, you know, fuck it. So it started out with John Moxley versus Sammy Guevara. Uh, there's a lot of people that was like, oh, this match was like so great. This match was like so awesome. Like nobody went into this match going, oh shit, Sammy's gonna win. Even when fucking... Anna Jay and fucking Tay Conti came down. Nobody was like, oh my God, Sammy's going to win. Oh my God, this is going to happen. It was like, no, this is just paint by numbers. Moxley's going to win. Like, yeah. No one was thinking like, oh, Sammy's going to win. It just was like a real, like, and the match wasn't even good to just draw you in and be like, oh my God, there's a chance that he could win. And it's like, no, there was never a chance. And none of this was like none of this was even happening. So everybody was just like kind of like, eh, whatever. Who gives a fuck? It wasn't even a hint of it. Like usually, like, they kind of like draw you in, make you think maybe he could win. Not even that. Yeah, and I think that's like one of the things that like killed the crowd because it was like we know what's gonna happen. Nobody's really biting on. Oh, Sammy could win with the cutter. He could win with this move. Oh, it can happen because the girls got involved. No one was biting. No one was fucking biting. I didn't like that. If anything, it was more of a meme. People thinking Sammy was going to win. <laughs> yeah, it was very dumb. So then we had M.I. Jeff come out. So he came out and cut this promo about John Moxley. And this is like, it's basic foreshadowing. And I'm going to... I'm going to tell you what I didn't like about that later on, but it's basic foreshadowing of him and Moxley having a match because he goes, talks about Moxley's drinking habits, and he's just like, he's just talking like saying the worst shit in the world. And it's like, okay, whatever. And then he goes, yeah, my best friend is the reason why I won the chip last week. And he's talking about Stokely, and it's like, to people that don't know their history and know that they're actually friends, like before in the Indies and like just as humans, nobody would see it and be like, oh shit, like this is a thing. So like when he said it, it was like, yeah, this is a no brainer. And it's like, okay, that's kind of cool that they took their friendship and decided, okay, we're going to connect that in AEW and make it a thing. Yeah. So... And also on MJF News, MJF, I don't know how this got to where the fuck it got to, but it's actually quite entertaining that we have a cross-promotion feud on Twitter for no reason. 
Right? Because Sheamus just, just tweaks out banger after banger after banger, and he's just basically talking about how cool he is, and he references the PWI like 500, and basically says he like was so good that he should have been in the top five. So as he's saying that, bartender Cabrón was like, "Yo." Chill the fuck out. Nobody cares about that shit. What are you going to go tell Dave? And Seamus responds something with, like, something about somebody in a scarf. And, like, I don't, like, I don't think he really meant to reference MJF. He was just being a dick. Yeah. And, like, he, like, he threw it out. And MJF was like, yo, hold up. What you, like, wait, why are you talking about me? Why did I catch a strike? So Seamus, like, came back at him. And they're going back and forth. And then Bartender Cabron gets in, which is, like, probably setting up a feud with Bartender and Seamus on SmackDown. But at the same time, MJF is now in this feud beefing with Seamus. And it's like, okay, I think this is going to go somewhere. Like, this is going to go somewhere eventually, especially if Max does jump in the future. So it's, like, definitely going to go somewhere. It's already built-in feud. And it's like, like this is kind of like this is kind of cool. It's kind of like a lesser type thing, like FTR versus the Young Bucks, whatever. Where it all started with a fucking bullshit ass thing on the internet, and then became a thing on TV. No, like that was actually a real fucking. That was a real shoot. That was a real shoot because that year, fucking FTR was the better tag team, but nobody gave them credit because everybody was sucking Young Buck's dick. And at the time, FTR was like, yo, we're good. Like, we are that good. Like, fuck you, we're that good. And because they kept saying it, the Young Bucks responded was like, yeah, you can't do what we do. And that's how that feud started because like FTR actually believed that shit because they really were the tag team. Yep. And nobody gave them credit. And that's why that started. This, I think, is like more out of a necessity of MJF being too critically online where he sees everything and he responds and was like, oh, I could get a rise out of somebody. And getting a rise out of Sheamus was good because not only is Sheamus in WWE, but it makes people start talking like, oh, my God, he's really going to jump. He's really going to jump, which is keeping everybody in the loop of oh my god when time comes he's gonna leave he's gonna leave he's gonna leave and it's just like bringing more attention to him that he desperately needs that's a good point yeah it keeps the eyes on him and also congratulations to him for actually getting engaged to his girlfriend and that was good so yeah congratulations for having a girlfriend i didn't even know that <laughs> no he'd he been had a girlfriend it's like he's had her for a while he just hasn't talked about her so Back to the show, we have Stokely Halfway, and he comes out with all of his guys, and they are now called The Firm. And because I know Stokely Halfway, this is a rap reference to the group called The Firm. Now, these guys are nothing like The Firm, but the one thing I did like about this was everybody except for Big Cass or W. Morrissey had a mission statement. Like, literally everybody, he, he talks to Big Cass. I'm like, yeah, Big Cass, you're here, whatever, whatever. He didn't say a goddamn word because he felt like he didn't want to be there. Everybody else, like, Lee Moriarty was like, no, I want the pure title. The Ass Boys was like, we want the tag titles. And Ego was like, yo, I want the North American title. 
And it was like, they all said, we have our thing. We know what we want. And if MJF needs us, we'll be there. But this is what we want. We're a team and we want these separate things. And I was like, that's good to have the faction have a whole mission statement of, yo, we want these things. And this is our mission. Like, I like that a lot. That way it doesn't start no dissension or nothing like that. You're going to do your thing and I'm going to do my thing. But right now we're here for Stokely and MJF. It, it made it feel like they were like, you know how when they started getting together, everybody was like, oh, they're just sticking them together. They're sticking them together. They're like, no, this is our purpose. We have things and like these guys are going to help us accomplish these things. This is what we want. And it's like, it made them seem like from a irrelevant faction to know, we know what we want. This is what we gonna do. This is how we're gonna get there. Boom. And it was like, immediately they felt important. Cause it's like, okay, now they now we know why they're here, what they want, why they joined up with Stokely, what's their problem. And it's like, yeah, everybody except for Morrissey. Like Morrissey does not feel like he wants to be there. He doesn't feel like he fits the group. He just feels odd. And I don't like that. And it's not that I don't like that because I feel like they're just shitting on him. I just don't like that because it's like, there's no reason for him to be there. If he doesn't feel like he should be there, if he doesn't want to be there, if he doesn't have like, he just shouldn't be there. He shouldn't be added into this group. I know he's a big monster and he could do whatever, but I don't feel like he should be added into the group. He doesn't bring anything to the group other than I'm the muscle. Okay, if you're the muscle, you should have said, all right, I'm calling out Warlow. He said not a fucking word. And like, that's, that's what weirds me out. It's like, everybody else said, we want this. You said nothing and just stood there just with silent face. It was Warlow, very weird to me. Warlow would have been perfect for him. Yeah, good point. I feel as which like he's gonna be there for a minute, be there muscle, destroy people and whatever, but he's gonna get kicked out. You know what I mean? For another muscle bound guy. Might be Warlow his damn self. But like like I said, I don't think he should like he should be in that group because it's like if everybody's saying we want this and you say nothing, you don't even make a gesture. It's like, mm -hmm. why are you here? Like, I know that you're the muscle, but like you bring nothing else to the table except for that. And like, exactly. that's just like, this is weird to me. Yeah, no, you, you're 100% right. Like, there's no reason for him to be there. That's why I feel as which he's just a placeholder, right? I I hope he's a placeholder and like, this is. It's weird. Yeah. So then, I, I felt like that watching it too. Yeah. So then we get to the next match, which was Jungle Boy versus Jay Lethal. This match was a match. Yeah. Like, it was a match. Like, there was some spots in this match was like, okay, that's kind of cool. Like, this is kind of dope. But it wasn't like nothing that you're like, oh my God, this is a great AEW match. It was just like, oh, it's just a match and it happened and it's like nothing was gained nothing was lost jungle boy beat jay lethal but it was like it just was a match and like it was at that moment when the crowd was not like into it and the crowd was like dead it was like this feels like a sleeper aew show yeah. like it felt like that was the match that made me go this is a sleeper show and I feel, I feel as which it should have been better because like they was continuing the tournament 
today. I mean, it was that day. You know what I mean? So, like, I feel like that justified it being better, but it really wasn't. Yeah, it, it wasn't. So, then we had an Action Bronson hook promo where they're talking about their tag match. And it was like, okay, cool. So, then we get Luigi Pepperoni or whatever his name is. I forgot his, his regular name. It's but Luigi. he's the guy who wrestles on the indies and does his pizza gimmick. So, he's there. Like, I have no idea why he was there, but he was there, and he got kicked in the face by Ego. And Ego's like, yo, listen, I don't give a shit about you. And then Dan Housen walks up, and Ego says, listen, if I'm going after the king, I might as well start with the jester. And Dan Housen was so confused with the whole statement that it took to after the interview was over and Ego walked away, to Dan Housen was like, wait, you want to fight me? What the... <laughs> What did I do? That that was hilarious. I like that. That was good. So yeah, like that. Like we're gonna get into more of the ego stuff later. They showed Darby trying to kill himself, and then after they showed Darby trying to kill himself, Matt Hardy's like, "Yo, you tried to kill yourself, and my brother tried to kill himself, so I'm gonna try to kill you because." I want to get back into AEW. It's like, okay, sure, fine, whatever. I forgot you worked here. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> so then we had a Hobbs match. Hobbs beat this guy, local guy, five seconds, killed the shit out of him. And during the match, Hobbs spine busted this guy so fucking hard that the guy's face hit Hobbs in the mouth and bust his lip. Now, here's the funny part. A lot of people didn't notice it. So Hobbs calls out Ricky Starks. And Ricky Starks comes down from the um, audience. He gets in the ring and they start fighting. So after they start fighting, Hobbs goes out and Hobbs starts holding his mouth like Ricky busts his lip. And the commentators go, oh my god, Ricky busts his mouth. And it's like, Wow. Like, that was very smart on Hobbs to go, okay, I just bust my mouth on this. I'm going to try to keep my mouth closed as much as possible. And then when Ricky hits me, I'm going to pretend like Ricky did it. And that was good. Like, that was really smart on Hobbs. And that was really, like, that really put Ricky over in that segment. I liked it. Do you think, like, the the announcers legit didn't notice it? Because like a lot of people didn't notice, like he, he got hit by the spine buster, or like that was just part of the the whole work. It what like it wasn't part of the like. I think some of the announcers did not look at Hobbs's mouth because if you watch like when it very first happens, it's not as bloody as it is later on. Yeah. Like it just like it just starts to get bloody, and he closes his mouth and tries to talk out of one side. Because, yeah. like, if you're paying attention, like, very close attention, you see it when he starts talking, there's a little bit of blood on his lips. And then, like, he closes his mouth and tries to make sure you don't see it. It's like, oh, shit. Like, because, like, him thinking, oh, my mouth is bleeding. I don't want people to see it while I'm cutting the promo. That was his thought process early. When Ricky got in there, that's when he was like, oh, I'm going to use this blood to my advantage. Because soon as Ricky hit him and he went out, all of a sudden, Hobbs is like, he has his mouth open and he's touching it and like blood's coming out and he's like, 
you bust my lip. He, he gives that expression, but him knowing that it happened and like covering it up and then using it to this advantage was like totally a professional move. Yeah, it was smart as hell. Yeah, because like the announcers definitely didn't see it because one of them, like they 100% call shit out no matter what. They would have been like, oh, he busted his mouth in that match. I wonder how he did that. Yeah. So it was like it was like a really smooth thing, and I love that. Yeah, he had the bright future. Right. Yes. So then we had a tag team title match. It was Swerving Your Glory versus the Lucha Bros. This match was like I thought this match was gonna be way more hyper than it was, and it was just like a match. And like the only thing everybody popped for was the Canadian Destroyer on Keith Lee. And it was just like, it still was just like a match. It wasn't like, oh my God, this is such a great match. And I feel like that spot has been done in this company with those two people done before. Yes. So then after Swerving Your Glory win, we get the acclaim. And it's very funny that a lot of people just picked up on this today. Like, a lot of people who picked up on this was like, wait a minute, Max Caster hasn't rapped in like three weeks. Because Max Caster comes out there and cuts his promo about how they're going to beat fucking Swerving Your Glory and become new tag team champions, which I 100% believe that they're going to do. Yeah. Now, see... The thing is, a lot of people just realize that they haven't done a rap in weeks. And I'm like, that is great. And they're like, no, no, no. That's what that's what gets them over. And I'm like, no, no, no. This is great because next week they're going to be in their hometown in a tag team title match with something that he hasn't done for weeks and he's been holding off. So when he finally busts a rap in front of everybody... It's going to be like, oh, everybody's going to just love it. And it's going to just, boom, that's it. In theory, it should be his best one he's done so far. Yes, it it probably will be. Yeah. And I 100%, especially since the Ass Boys was like, they want the tag titles. I 100% see that claim winning the tag titles. You know what? Yeah, because they kind of have a built-in feud there. So. Yes. So... That was a thing. Then they cut back and they're interviewing the Death Triangle. Lucha Bros walk off and Pac's there. And Pac just gets hit by Orange Cassidy. And like they cut it in a way that you didn't even see Orange Cassidy hit him. But like anybody that just like sees the fucking hand with the jacket, you're like, that's Orange Cassidy. They still have beef. <laughs> and. Orange Cassidy challenges him for the North Atlantic Championship. And it's like, okay, well, I mean, we knew that that was coming because that feud wasn't over. And last week, I even said the same thing. was like, yeah, Orange Cassidy and Pac are still going to feud. So it really doesn't, like, it really doesn't matter who wins because whoever wins is going to fight Ethan Page in Toronto. So that's it. Yeah. And, like, I'm... I'm all for ego being rehabilitated and going for whatever he's going for. I'm I'm cool with that. So that was a thing. He should have been more than the TNT title, in my opinion. But hopefully he wins this one. Yeah, he probably will. So 
Then we had the women's tag team match. I I have a lot to say about this because it's just so goddamn insane. So we have this tag team match. And Serena Deeds pins Tony Storm. So you're like, okay, this is going to Serena Deeds versus Tony Storm. Then Britt Baker attacks Tony Storm and Athena after the thing. And you're like, okay, well, maybe it's going to be Britt and Athena and Tony and Serena. Then Jamie Hayter comes out and Jamie Hayter grabs a chair and it looks like she's about to hit Britt, but instead she hits Tony. And then she says, I'm not done with you, Britt. And she leaves. So I'm like, okay. Here's the thing. Immediately after that, they go, next week we're going to have a four-way. And it's like, we just had a fucking four-way. We just had a four-way for the women's title. And they're like, no, we're going to have a four-way with Athena, Tony Storm, Serena Deeves, and Britt Baker. And it's like, what is going on? Like, what, like, can you not understand how to book the women's division anymore? It's like, what happened? Like, we just had a four-way. It should be Serena Deeves versus Tony Storm because that happened. That should be a thing. It's like, this was so goddamn weird. It's like, he just gave up on the women's division. I don't know what the fuck is going on here. Let's be honest, like, from the beginning, but, yeah, like, it really wasn't up to stand, like, you know, they had, what, one or two women's matches on the show, per show? It's one. It's only one. There's only one every week. There's no more than one. Yeah. It's, a, it's a women's match and probably one women's segment. That's it. Nothing else. Yeah, this is insane. Like the way that, and like him talking about, yeah, we're gonna fix it, and then like nothing happens, and everything is just like completely the same. It's like this is stupid, dude. This is so stupid. If anything is getting worse. Yes, it's, it's definitely getting worse. It's like a hundred percent worse. And I feel bad for the women because it's like they have some great women who should be put in some great matches, and they're like, nah. We're not gonna do that. That's why when like a woman gets released from like WWE, I always push for them to go to the um, Impact Wrestling because their women's division is way better. Dude, at this point, just go any fucking where. Yeah. Like, cause this is like this is insane, and it's like you had a built-in match. Like, give Tony a win over Serena Deeb. It would have been a great match. Like, that would have been fine. No, we're gonna give a four-way. Why? And then, like, out of that four-way, it's going to spin into a one-on-one match that's, like, really dumb, and it's like, why? Like, why are, like, why are we doing this? Just, like, just give us a one-on-one match, a straight-up dope match, and it will be cool. Yeah. It's like, I don't know, man. I don't know. Like, French repeat. Yeah, it's, it's really dumb, and, like, I just like I seen a lot of people finally catch on and go, oh shit! Like he do not give a fuck about the women's division. And it's like, yeah, he does not give a fuck about the women's division. I think he verbatim said that. Yeah, he did, and it's just like, and it's it's sad. It's really sad. So then we get to the main event. 
And the main event is Brian Danielson versus Chris Jericho. To me, this match was way better than their pay-per-view match. Yeah. Better. Like it, it was way better. And at like midway through, I was like, oh, Brian should win this and face Moxley for the championship. And it's like, that's what happened. Brian won after he faked the injury on his leg and then just like worked it out and was like, okay, yay, I'm fine and I win. It's like, okay, cool. They did and, Garcia watching in the back. Some odd reason I thought he was gonna show up and cost Brian the, the match and like turn on Brian. No, but, no, no, no. But it did what happen. I surmised from him watching in the back was the admiration starting to grow deeper for Brian. Yeah. That's and true. like that like soon like soon as I seen that, I was like, Yeah, this is more of him leaning towards the BBC. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm told, like I'm totally down for that. Yeah, like I see that now. Like since he didn't like um, interfere, but at the time, like me thinking he was gonna interfere, I thought he'd go back to. Oh yeah, no, I, I didn't like. I didn't think that at all. I was just like, yeah, you can see the way he's looking that he's getting more and more deeper into wrestling and not sports entertainment. He's not wearing that hat anymore, the the white beater or like the shit he wore when he was with Jared. Uh-huh. Yeah. So at the end, it was a stare down between Moxley and Brian. And it was a fan in the crowd that held up a sign that said the Bucks fear punk or something like that. <laughs> and it was it was very weird because it was no the punks, no punk owns the Bucks. And it was very weird because it was framed perfectly in the shot and it wasn't supposed to be framed perfectly in the shot. It was one of those things that was like an accident that didn't mean to happen. And it was caught on tape and everybody saw it and it was just like, oh, that's kind of yikes. It's kind of yikes. And great timing on his part. Huh? Great timing on his part, though. But like, yeah, that was kind of uncomfortable. Yeah, it was. It was kind of uncomfortable. It's like, damn, dude, like that kind of fucked up. Like we're trying to like rebuild this company from like that shit, and like that just made it a little bit worse. Like, but here's the thing: that's like a lot of people are going to like lean on, mm-hmm. which is like is a kind of a good thing. But at the same time, it's like we still don't know the ramifications because of all the interests of what's been going on in AEW. Their ratings have been like completely up. Like their ratings have been up, up, up because okay. of the last two weeks of the whole punk situation. It's been up. So people are like viewing with interest of what's happening. What's like, what's this cool stuff going on? What is happening? But at the same time, there's more viewers. But you can see online that even from the AEW hardcores is like, yeah, the show is not to its user standards. It's kind of a little bit lower. This episode wasn't as good as like an episode before. I kind of miss these people. And it's like, yeah, you could kind of see like you can kind of see like where a lot of the fan base is. But also you can't determine that because the ratings are up.
but yeah, like the like to like the normal naked eye, it wouldn't seem that way because it's like, oh yeah, no, people are watching, but they're not watching for the right reasons, and like eventually, like people will understand, like oh, like we are kind of bored at some of the stuff going on because we want our faves back. Yeah. Like, are they watching? It's the difference between watching and paying attention. You could have the TV on and not paying attention. Yeah, because, like, like, I've seen, like, I've seen a lot of chatters, like, talk about how it's not, it's not the same. And we, like, we're not enjoying it. And I myself have, like, said, like, even this last episode was, like, it's not a banger. Next week is definitely going to be a banger because it's one of the big shows. Yeah. It's definitely 100% it's going to be a banger. But this episode felt like a Naruto filler episode. That's exactly what it felt. That's a great fucking analogy. And like, I feel like it, it should have been better just for the two headline matches, you know, for the, this tournament, you know? And those matches alone let me down. Yeah. But not, well, more so uh, 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 Sammy and Mox. As you said, Jericho and um, Danielson was good. Yes. So, yeah, like, that was AEW in a nutshell. So, Monday night was uh, I mean it wasn't a banger show like it wasn't like one of the greatest shows this almost felt like it kind of like it kind of did feel like a filler episode there was a lot of things that happened on this but it still felt like a filler episode or like a lead up episode that kind of could go with yeah, yeah, like something was off. Like this, like this didn't feel like one of the great episodes. Like, oh my god, this is a episode of Raw. This felt like this is leading up to the next episode, and it was like, oh okay, like all of these facts that you need to go into the next episode, you had to get them here. And if you didn't get them here, you would be like lost to the next episode. I'm like, all right, this makes sense. Yeah, no, that and- does. And it started out with Seth freaking Rollins. And Seth comes out and Seth is basically being Seth. And he says, listen, I want the gold. I want the gold. I'm the face of Raw. I need gold. I need to be at the top of Monday Night Raw because I am the face of Monday Night Raw. And he said all of this stuff. And he was talking about Riddle. And Everybody start chanting rematch. I've never heard anybody chant rematch for no reason in WWE. It was like, what the fuck? Like they really chant rematch? And they chanted rematch. And as they're chanting rematch, Riddle comes out. And Riddle and Seth gets in this fight. And they're fighting and they fight all the way back. And as Riddle's about to run Seth back to the back, he gets stopped by the Judgment Day. And Judgment Day comes out and they're talking to him and 
Damien Priest is like, yo, we're friends. Like, we're friends. Like, we're best friends. Me and you and Rhea, we're best friends. Like, what? Do you, like, come on, man, join the Judgment Day. And Finn's like all in, telling him, yeah, like you, like you should join. And Riddle says something, and Finn's like, listen, I know weed is legal in Portland, but you must be high as hell to turn us down. So it winds up leading to the match with Finn and Riddle, which is actually like, oh shit, didn't see that coming. Hey. So they have this match. They actually had a really good match. And Finn winds up winning because of the distraction from Seth Rollins. Finn gets the win. And this is one thing that makes Rollins one of the better like wrestlers in this business. Because after the match, Rollins catches Riddle right at the perfect time, gives him the curb stomp. And then he looks at Riddle and says... You're never getting a rematch. We're done, bitch. And leaves. And it's like, he put the nail in the coffin of like, yo, we're done. We're never doing this again. It's over. And it was like, people could just like say it. And it's like, oh, yeah, whatever. It kind of has no merit. Like, yeah, whatever. You know, you're going to fight again. The way he said it was like, no, we're never fighting again. Like, you had your chance. It's over. You're done. Never again, bitch. And it's like, hmm. like it kind of was intriguing. Yeah, it had that, that vibe. Like it's not gonna happen. And I feel like it is. No, this is hundred. It's hundred percent happening at unlimited um extreme rules. Yeah, some type type of extreme rules match. Yeah, definitely. So then we had damage control, and damage control are talking about their title match later. They're like. Yeah, listen, we're going to win the title and we're going to bring it back to dominance. That's what we're here for. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, eh, well, I mean, yeah, it's one of the one of their things. Then we had a Dominic Mysterio promo. I swear to God, he has asthma. He has asthma <laughs> because he's huffing when like he's talking. He's like, <gasps> it's like. Dude, you're fucking 20. What is happening? Why are you out of breath cutting a promo? <laughs> it was so goddamn weird. And then, like, after he cuts the promo, Rhea whispers in his ear. And then he's like, I'm my own man now. He's talking about how his dad, he was in his shadow. And he, for a small person, he cast his large shadow. And I was in your shadow. And you should have asked me what I wanted my career. And Rhea's, like, pulling his strings. And, like, the funny part is, like, I expected a lot of weird people to be like, I don't understand this whole Rhea manipulating him thing. But there was a lot of people who, like, without words were, like, immediately, like, I understand. I don't I don't need anything else. I understand. It's just like, yeah. Like, like you would really have to be really out of your element to not understand what the fuck that was about. Like, it's just, like, so simple. It's, like, right there. It's a woman. And she's controlling this man. Yeah. That's it. But I'm surprised, like, somebody out there, like, didn't say, I don't get it. Because there's always that one or two people that don't get it. Yeah. It, it feels like, it feels like it's, like, that one time where, like, the norms 
in the incels all came together and was like, oh yeah, I've had that same thing happen to me. Yeah, I get it. Like, it was like just that one time there, everybody's like, I get it. I understand this. I got that reference. Yeah. So then we get an Austin Theory promo and he's talking about Johnny Gargano. He's like, yeah, Johnny, you're going to wrestle tonight. Well, I I found somebody for you to wrestle. And it's Chad Gable. And like, uh, okay, sure. Oh, okay. Like, this is... That felt random. I, like, it felt random, but at the same time, it was going to be a banger. So it's like, yeah, yeah sure. Let's go with that. See, so, the funny part, he kind of, like, hinted at, like, it being him. Be like, oh, I, I can't wrestle you tonight. Not what I'm said going to be to begin with. <laughs> like, they're going to wrestle the Extreme Rules. I know they're they're, yeah. they're going to wrestle the Extreme Rules. Yeah. For the briefcase, I hope. I but they're wrestling the they're wrestling the extreme rules. So ladder match. Yeah. So then we get the tag team championship match. This match was not good. And it's not like I'm not gonna blame anybody. It was not good. There was a lot of spots in this match where you're like, what the fuck, man? What is happening? <laughs> but at the end of it, damage control are your new women's tag team champions and i know everybody immediately was like oh where's sasha and bailey where's sasha i mean sasha and naomi where's sasha and naomi they were on the red carpet doing modeling things and that brings me to a comment that actually happened recently now behind the scenes bailey was with them with naomi and sasha all week like i mean all week like everything they were doing bailey was with them and somebody interviewed Bailey. She did an interview with somebody today, and they asked her about Sasha. And she goes, Sasha and Naomi, if they know what's good for them, they'll stay on that runway and not come back because me and Damage Control will kick their ass. And it's like, out of everything you say, we know, first off, we know that you've been with them all weekend. Out of everything you say, you say, oh, I'm going to kick, we can kick their ass. And you add an element of them having the tag team titles and them coming back. And it's like, yeah, like that was like super planted. It's like, Jesus Christ, like that, like that was way too on the nose. That, that wasn't even like the least bit subtle. Yeah, it was like right on the nose. Like, what the fuck, dude? Like, yeah. So yeah, like I was like, I was like, that was kind of crazy. So then we go to Rey Mysterio. And he's trying to talk sense into Dominic. He's like, yo, you don't have to fight Edge tonight. Listen, don't fight Edge. Mijo, you you could do this. Like, like, come back to me. So Dominic's not paying him any attention. And then all of a sudden, Rhea Ripley just appears and says, Dom, you don't have to listen to him. Come with me. And Ray's like, oh, man. Like, there's nothing I could do. Like, hey, Ray, you can't do anything. And it make me sad like when you were a kid. Yeah. <laughs> so then we had Johnny Gargano versus Chad Gable. This match started off normal and then it went up to a Johnny Gargano level match. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, this is this is dope. And 
Johnny got his win. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm totally like I'm totally fine with that. Like there was nothing wrong with that. It was really good. It would have been wrong if he would have won with the Gargano Tatum. Gable is making specialist type of dude. Mm-hmm. So, so like I, I would have felt some type of way about that. So, as long as it wasn't like that. I always like when a submission specialist usually taps out. I like that. Really? Yeah. yeah, I like it because it's like somebody found a way to put you in something that you didn't figure out a way out of. I like it. <laughs> so as Johnny's leaving, he gets attacked by, of course, Austin Theory with the briefcase. So, yeah, Austin's like, yeah, listen, I could beat your ass. And Austin goes in the ring and... So at this moment, I'm not paying attention because they go to commercial. I'm not paying attention. I'm looking through my phone and all of a sudden I hear cult of personality. And my mind was like, the fuck is Punk doing on this show? But it was a commercial for Aaron Rodgers playing like the Packers game on Thursday Night Football. And it's like, that was odd. Like that was very odd because it's like, that should never happen. I'm so glad you brought that up because I felt the same way. I just didn't want to say nothing to Eric myself. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. That fucked a lot of people up. And it was funny because they were cutting the promo about Aaron Rodgers, but it was kind of saying the same things about CM Punk with the music on. And it's like, yeah, like if you're not paying attention, you're like, wait, they're talking about Punk? But then you're like, wait, oh shit, that's Aaron Rodgers. That has nothing to do with wrestling. Got it. So that happened. So then we come back from commercial and we get like Moxley had his mission statement for AEW that was great. And we was like, this is a great promo. This was Kevin Owens magnum opus for WWE. This was great. Like Kevin Owens comes out and he's basically telling Gary, he was like, yo, he was like, just shut up. It's like, just shut the fuck up. He gets in the ring and he tells Theory, he was like, you're just another guy. You're just another guy. Anything happens to you, you're replaceable. Me and Johnny Gargano, we're like the heart and soul of WWE. You, you're like the spleen. You're expendable. You don't need to be here. And he's cutting this fucking hell of a promo on him about Austin Theory and what he needs to do. And it's just like, Oh my God, like this is great. And he tells him, he was like, yo, you keep living in that one moment, but you won't make moments. He's like, you won't put yourself on the line and fight and make moments and change your career. And then Austin Theory flexes on him. And like, Kevin Owens is like, yo, you're not going to listen to me talk sense to you. So he just slaps the living fucking shit out of Theory. And they brawl and he busts Theory's nose. And it was so funny because he busts his nose and Theory runs off. And Kevin Owens is like, he's like, what happened? Your nose got busted. See, that's what happens. I was just like, that is great. But Kevin Owens was on fucking fire. You know he didn't mean to do that either. So that was his way of apologizing. Yeah, I noticed it. My bad. Yeah, but Kevin Owens was on fire. And next week is going to be Kevin versus Austin Theory. 
yeah, like that was that was great. Can be great. Yeah, it's gonna be a good. And it's funny because like they just wrestled like last week or the week before, and like nobody's complaining. Like, oh my god, they're gonna fight again. And it's like, nah. Like you made me want to see this match with that promo. It's like, yeah, no, fuck it. Yeah. So Bianca comes out for an open challenge, and she comes out and. All of a sudden, Sonya Deville comes out, and Sonya Deville is cutting this long ass promo. And Sonya Deville is apparently on Raw now. And Bianca Belair tells her, "Was like, yo." She was like, "Yo, fam." She was like, "This is an open challenge, not open mic night. So either you're gonna get in here and fight me, or like, get the fuck out of here." That threw me so, off. Like I like I liked it because it was like it was a real fucking thing. Like yeah, like yeah, she like because like she was talking way too much. I didn't like. I was like yeah, just get in the ring and fight. Like you're talking way too much. And yeah. Just shut up and get in there and fight. No, I agree. It just threw me off that she actually said it. <laughs> like said oh, yeah, like I'm. I totally loved it. Like I totally loved that people are saying things that we're all thinking in the ring, and it's like yeah, like this is. This is what I like. This is what I want from wrestling now. Yeah. Like, give like give me the type of stuff that I want from wrestling. So, after Bianca wins, which we knew she was going to win, Bailey comes out with damage control, and they shield Bianca Belair. They all surround her, and they basically say, listen, I pinned you. I'm coming for that title. And once again, Bailey says, if I don't do it, one of these two girls are going to do it. We're coming for that title, which we all know that is going to be Bailey versus Bianca at Extreme Rules. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm I'm totally down for that because they've built up the story. Bailey has already pinned her. We know that it's coming. It's it's great. So, like, it's not it's not one of those weird things. Alexa and Asuka come out to help to make sure that she doesn't get jumped and it's like all right cool yeah whatever i guess it's fine we know where this is going so then we get omos who comes out and breaks raw not even joking raw just fucking goes off the air for like 10 seconds because omos breaks raw and omos kills two local talent and people are talking about oh now that bronze brack they don't need Omas. They've mentioned it five times in this thing. Oh, Omas is here because he's mad at Bron. He just wants to show Bron that he can still kick ass. And it's like, yeah, like this is what this is all about. It's going to be Bron versus Omas. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So then we have Edge talking to Ray, and Ray's like, yo, man, you don't have to do this. This is my son. He didn't mean it. Yo, and Ray's like, no, no, Edge is like, no, no, somebody has to teach him tough love, and it's gonna be me. He's like, come on, man, you don't have to. He's like, nah, nah, it's happening. Sorry, <laughs> that was funny. How long until we get it, we get um, Dominic versus Ray? That that's in the card. I think it's gonna be a couple of months. Oh, so then we get Seth Rollins, and Seth Rollins is cutting the promo on the back. And all of a sudden, Bobby Lashley shows up. And Bob Lashley's like, yo, you were talking all of that shit about gold. 
I got gold right here. You want to be a face of Raw? You have to have this gold. And you can't beat me. So they set up a match for next week. The funny part is like going into Raw, I had heard that the match was supposed to be on that Raw, but they decided to move it to the next Raw. So it's like, oh, okay. I'm fine with that. Like, I'm I'm fine with that no matter what happens. Yeah. So then they have a Miz and Mrs. thing. And Dexter Loomis is outside. Miz doesn't want to talk about Dexter Loomis. Miz and his wife and kids are going to wherever the fuck they're going. And all of a sudden, they get, they leave. And then you look in the house and Dexter Loomis is in there drawing a picture of Miz and Mrs. And it's like, ah, that happened. Yeah. That storyline is weird even for me. I mean, it's going to be over eventually. Probably Extreme Rules. So then we get to the main event is Dominic versus Edge and Edge beats the living shit out of Dominic. I don't mean just like playing around. He beats the living shit out of Dominic for about 10 minutes fucking straight. I lie to you not. Just beats the fuck out of him. Just beats the fuck out of him. And then all of a sudden Rhea clips Edge on the outside when the ref wasn't paying attention and Dominic starts to come back. And Dominic does the worst three amigos ever. And it's like, oh, oh, okay. And Edge beats Dominic, but then gets attacked by the Judgment Day. They put Edge's leg up, do the coup de gras, and Edge is out for who the fuck knows how long. Probably like two weeks, whatever. It's, it's not a big deal. Probably not going to be yeah, but he's gonna fight Dominic and he's gonna fight Finn and like everybody's gonna get their revenge and it's like all right, cool, whatever. It's not a big deal. Eventual like tag team match between like Rhea Ripley and whoever versus um against Dominic and Rhea. Dude, it's going to be Edge and Beth Phoenix versus Rhea and Dom. Okay. Yeah. So, and at the end of that, the one thing that was really cool was Judgment Day came out looking like a nice faction. And it's like, wow, I really didn't give a shit about Judgment Day. And now I kind of give a shit about Judgment Day. Like, aesthetically, they look cool, but Dom is off. Like, hopefully, he gets better. Yeah, Dom is going to grow into this and probably get better in the ring eventually, but like he's the only thing that's different about this match. Yeah. I do, I do, however, like him now more in Judgment Day than I did before. Yeah. That's a plus. So, that was wrong. So, one piece of news, which you touched on, and like now it's more and more and more and more coming to fruition. Okay. Because on the impulsive podcast with Roman and Logan Paul, Logan Paul sent out a teaser that he wanted to face Roman, which is like really, it's really dumb and it gained traction with the internet throughout 24 hours. And everybody was like, oh my God, they're going to fight. They're going to fight. They're going to fight. And I'm like, eh, I don't think they're going to fight. So then they say Logan Paul is going to be on the next episode of SmackDown. 
So now everybody's like more like, oh, they're definitely going to fight. They're going to fight. They're probably going to fight in Saudi Arabia. Oh, they're going to fight somewhere. They're going to fight. They're going to fight. And it's like, I mean, there's no way in hell I would put Logan Paul against Roman Reigns for the title. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I know he's a draw. I know he's this or whatever. There's no way I will put him against Roman. I know Roman's going to win no matter what, but there's no way that you deserve to get a title match. Like, to be honest, like, even though it's storyline, even though it's, like, completely 100% scripted, there's no way I would sit there and put Logan Paul against my champion. And then everybody else, I swear to God, if everybody on the fucking roster is not snapping and going, how the fuck did he get a title match before me? I deserve it way more. And, like, they all just revolt. Like, there's no reason to do it. Because, like, everybody would have to revolt. It's like, he done nothing. He has done not a goddamn thing. He has no credibility. He should not be facing Roman for the title. Even if it's a non-title match, he shouldn't be facing Roman. He's had, what, two matches? Yes, and, like, right. this is, like, way out of his fucking league. And it's like, I know Roman needs a match for Survivor Series and, like, whatever. And everybody be like, oh, my God, Jake Paul could win the titles. And it's like... One, he's not winning the titles, but two, it's like you stepped over everybody in your third match and now has a title match against Roman. Yeah, like the whole roster should revolt. Like they should fucking revolt. Then again, if there's money in that and like the money to be made, who gives a fuck? Dude, there's there's a hundred percent money in it because it's Logan Paul fighting for the title, and it's like, oh my god, he could win the title. It's like of course, people are going to be interested and like it's going to be a thing. But yeah. at the same time, it's like everybody on the roster, and I mean this, it's like I'm going to be pissed if nobody just gets pissed off and is like, yo, you just let this guy get a title match and like I've been here busting my ass and I'm number one contender and he just gets a title match out of nowhere because he said something stupid. Nah, nah, fam, like that's not how it works. Yeah. Like I, like I said, I know this is scripted, I know this is entertainment, but it makes WWE just look like complete shit. And like, once again, like I'm saying, everybody on the roster, like we have had this total flip of 360 of wrestling. Like, oh my God, we went from this total shit show to like completely bearable and completely lovable show. And it's like, yeah, like if this just goes to the wayside for fucking Logan Paul going for the world title, it's like, eh. Like, it's not going to kill the company, but like I said, if no one revolts around it, it's like, what are you doing? Like, this isn't like this isn't wrestling if nobody revolts around it. You know what I mean? No, no, I, I totally understand. You. you know, but, you know, there's two ways to look at it. It's that, you know, and it's the money, you know? No, I know. Like, I 100 like I 100% know about the money. That's why I know it possibly will happen. But like I said, I, I honestly no don't, don't think it's going to happen. But yeah, no, I like I do think it's gonna happen just because of the money and the eyeballs on it. Mm -hmm. That is a reason it could happen. But like I said, if nobody revolts around it and like there's no fallout from like guys going, I just like I deserve it over him. I should have this over him. If there's no fallout to this, then there's no fucking reason for it to happen. Like if it happens just for like, oh, just get eyeballs on it. Ha ha. Yeah, and it's like, 
okay. But if there's no like extra story behind it, then there's nothing to it. Like, yeah. if, like say if he fought him and they're like, okay, we're doing this at Saudi Arabia. Oh shit, we're having this match in Saudi Arabia. Ha ha, we have it. Boom. And you're like, okay, cool. If somebody like Seth Rollins, Bob Lash, or somebody like that isn't completely pissed off, then it's like, no, I deserve this title match over this guy because he just came in and he just got this title match. No, fuck that. I'm pissed. And they don't revolt and beat the shit out of Roman and just like get their title match out of that, then I'll be okay with it. If there like if there's no big thing that happens afterwards, I I won't. Like now, I, like, now, now that you put it that way, like it's guaranteed to happen. Someone's gonna bitch. Right. Yeah, like that's the thing. Like someone yeah. has to bitch and turn this into a storyline. Yeah. And once they do that, it's gonna be like, oh well. Yeah, the Logan Paul thing was like great. Like, especially like I said, if it's Bob Lash and he gets angry and just like goes and fucks Roman up and was like, how the fuck did this guy skip the line and I should be the champ? And it's like, okay, this puts a wrinkle into the Bob Lash story. And like while they're telling the story, it's like, yo, you gave Logan Paul this thing, a unranked person. I've been here busting my ass and I haven't had a title match and give this whole storyline. Then it's like, yeah, I don't give a fuck about that Logan Paul thing. I'm getting Bob Lash versus Roman Reigns with an inbred story that like, yo, I deserve this and I bust my ass for this and you give this to this punk? Fuck you. That, yeah. I'm all for. Like, I'm all for the fallout. Yeah. I thought you meant bitch in real life. That's why I no, like no, no. I mean in storyline. Yeah. Like I said, there's no revolt in storyline. There's like, there's no point. No, <laughs> absolutely not. I, I agree. Yeah, because if he fights like he fights Logan Paul, and it's like, okay, wow, I beat Logan Paul, and like nothing happens, and Roman just goes on about life, and then they pick a challenger. Like eventually, it's like, no, no, that's not how it should be. It's like he beats Logan Paul, and then the next week on SmackDown, Bob Lash shows up, and it's like, no, bitch, like I should be champion, and like have Bob Lash bitch about it, like throughout the whole time, just like just say it subtly, be like. Yo, nothing against Logan Paul, but like he only had two matches. How he get a world title match? Just say it subtly and just like everybody be like, oh shit. And then turn it into a big ass story. Uh-huh. Like, like if that, like if something like that doesn't happen, then there's no reason for like the Logan Paul thing. Like uh-huh. it totally would 100% like further another storyline if you do it that way. If you just like, do it and then like nothing else comes out of it it's like eh, what did you do it for in fact have two people bitch that way you have stuff for logan to do too after this because logan ain't winning Obviously. yeah like like i like i said like i don't have a problem with it if it leads to something bigger yeah like if, if it's just done as an attraction just oh i'm just doing this for the money like yeah like it's a main attraction people are gonna look blah 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 whatever whatever yeah no like I understand that in a business standpoint, but like as far as the storyline, like there would be nothing to come out of it. But like if you have Bob Lash bitch about it, and I'm putting Bob Lash because he feels like a really credible contender. No, hundred percent. Yeah, have him bitch about it and be like, yeah, like mm-hmm. I should be number one contender, blah blah blah, and have it go like that. Then yeah. yeah, like we have now a built-in story for Bob Lash that everybody's gonna get behind Bobby Lashley, even though he's not gonna win. Everybody's gonna get behind him, and it's gonna be this big thing. It's gonna be fucking awesome. 
my apologies. I actually misunderstood. That's what you meant, bitch, in real life. So no, yeah, no, now, no, now that no, I understand, I'm I'm 100 there with you. Yeah. Yeah, like that. Like that'd be fucking awesome. Yeah, it would. Yeah. But yeah, that was Monday Night Raw. Yeah. So NXT, and I know people are like, "Well, you guys went from like worst to mid to best," and it's like, yeah, like. NXT was good and it was like more of what happened afterwards like some of the stuff during was really good too but like there was a lot surrounding fucking NXT and it's like hmm like that's exactly that's exactly all I can say is hmm right so this is the one year anniversary which I swear they should have called Table Tuesday because like the fans voted on a lot of things in this show, so it should have been called Table Tuesday. It should have been. It should have been more special. Yes. So it starts off with the Creed versus Pretty Deadly in a cage match. And this match, of course, you're just like, all right, let's see how this goes. Of course, it was a fucking banger. Like, the Creed do nothing but put on bangers. Like, this was fucking great. And I came as Junior. Banger after banger after banger after <laughs> Yes. It was one point where, like, the blonde guy from Pretty Daily tried to get out, and the Creed brother was holding him by one arm. I was like, God damn. They did a doomsday cannonball instead of a doomsday clothesline, and it's like, okay, there's no reason to be doing stuff like that. Like, please stop. Just please fucking stop. It's a weird pop rope uh uh like mid rope like the middle of the rope fucking spanish fly in reverse type of shit yeah it was like they were doing shit and you're like just please stop like you're doing way too much <laughs> and then damien kemp showed up and handcuffed one of the creed brothers to the top and the other creed brother he literally got hit with spilled milk fucking kicked out the creep like the fucking pretty deadly were trying to leave. He pulled them both back in with their feet. They had to beat the shit out of him for like at least 10 minutes by himself and then hit him with spilled milk and get the win. It was like, how the fuck did you have to kill another person just to get the win? Exactly. That shit was fucking crazy. So then we find out that Wesley will be fighting Carmelo Hayes later on. And everybody's like, okay. Joe Gacy shakes Wesley's hand. Like, you're like, oh, that's kind of creepy because, you know, Joe Gacy does his creep thing. And you're like, huh, what is this about? Like, there's something that happens later on that I'm like, how did, wait, what? And like, We'll explain it. They do a year recap of all the stuff that happened in a year. And I feel like it just was everything that happened in six months of NXT. Like, none of that stuff had felt like it was a year ago. It's like, no, nah, this just felt like this happened six months ago. What the fuck are you talking about? I feel like it's only footage that they can use the people that are that were there. You know what? The funny part about that? Dude. <laughs> fucking Johnny Gargano. Kyle O'Reilly, they all left a long time ago. Yeah, over a year ago. So it's like, hmm. Yeah, like, 
Because listen, if this was a year, Johnny said that he's been gone for nine months. So that means him and Kyle O'Reilly left at the same time. I mean, they were only there for three months. So you just took out three months of footage with them two in it that weren't in everything. And it's like, okay, I guess. It's so weird. I'm doing that Elmo meme where he just put his hands like, eh. Yeah. So then we get Lash Legend versus Fallon Henley. And Fallon Henley gets the win. And this was just a match. It wasn't nothing special. So then we get Saga and his girls, and they're backstage. One of them are injured. And here comes Von Wagner, who's angry. So Von Wagner wants to take on Saga, who is totally bigger than him. I thought they were the same size, to be honest with you. Like, that fucking. No, Saga's like bigger. That's funny. So. Then we get Briggs and Jensen broke money. They're in the back, and Jensen says something about Mandy's tits. I'm not lying, he did. And they're like, oh my God, this is like, you are horrible. And once again, this proves to me the best person in Toxic Distraction is JC Jane. Because JC Jane, her face and everything she did in that segment was just. She's she's always the person that steals the segment, and it's like, how could you not love her? Remember when she started? Like, yeah, I love. Yeah, she's just like fuck. It's like amazing. Like she's she's one of those people. Even people that seen her on SmackDown was like, yo, she she steals the show, and Gigi's just there, but JC is like the star. Yeah. And for the longest, it was like the other way around was, oh, Gigi is the star and JC's just there. But JC was like, nah, I'm stealing the show. I love wrestling. This is my thing. Not to say that Gigi doesn't. Gigi does love wrestling too. But JC is just like, she's just perfect. Like, she like she hit, she got this now. Like, he came out of nowhere with that. Like, that's why it's like more impressive. You know? Yes. So Toxic Distraction comes out and they're cutting his promo and they're talking shit. And you're like, okay, yeah, Mandy's talking about how she's the champion. She's going to be the forever champion because nobody can beat me. And then Alba Fire shows up and Alba Fire comes out and challenges her. And Alba Fire beats up Toxic Distraction with the bat. And she's getting ready to hit Mandy and they pull her out. So Alba Fire is now the new number one contender. I'm not saying it's going to be Alba. You ever notice when someone says something to the effect of, I'm going to be the forever champion or something like that, that mm-hmm. intense, they wind up losing it like shortly after? Yes. But I don't think it's going to be Alba. Yeah, I'm not saying it's going to be Alba, but her, her like Mandy's day is coming soon. Yeah, it's coming soon. So then we get another star of the show, which we've been saying that she's a star forever. Cora J, she yeah. cuts this promo on the whole entire NXT women's division. And she's just so goddamn entertaining. And it's like, yeah, yep, you're you're a fucking star. Like you're a star. Everything she says is just like superstar making. And she basically winds up saying something bad about Wendy Chu, which now starts a feud between her and Wendy for next week. And it's like, okay, cool. 
I don't mind at all. <laughs> Me neither. Like I don't like I don't mind it at all. So then we get the arrival of the super diva, Quincy Elliott. So Quincy comes to the ring and he Well, this is the thing I'm mad about. Quincy comes out on level up with a scooter. Quincy comes out with a scooter and that's the entrance. But they didn't do this for NXT and I didn't like that. I was like, oh, I was calling for that. Did you mean to tell me that actually um, was his entrance? Yes, that's his ah, entrance. Ah, that, 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 that's a missed opportunity like a motherfucker. Oh, definitely. 100%. So Quincy takes on some local talent and of course Quincy gets the win and now the Super Diva has the first win on NXT. Yeah. Now, this next part, I feel like I'm one of the stupidest people, but I I give myself credit because I wasn't watching like very intently, but I feel like one of the stupidest people in in the world because Cameron Grimes is supposed to have a tag team match with Tony D'Angelo and his boys. And Cameron Grimes does not have a partner. Yeah. And it's like, why did I not think of who his partner was going to be? Like, I literally just like had one of those blank moments where I was like, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> he, he, and, I th- thought about it. Yes. So right before the match, Melo and Trick beat the living book out of Wesley, like slam his head in the locker room. And it's like, dude, like you killed off Wesley, so he's not going to be able to fight for the title. And it's like, I don't know why they did that. Like, I really wish like they would do something with Wesley. Like, I, I don't know. Like, part of me is like, I kind of want Nash Carter to come back now because it's like you keep killing Wesley. Just like, give him something to do. You know, the, the second time they did that, someone like trying to get a title, and they yeah. did that fucking what's the name, Kyle O'Reilly. They beat him up yeah. and put him out the match. So we have the tag team match with Cameron Grimes versus Tony D'Angelo and two stacks of dimes. <laughs> and Tony D'Angelo's partner is Joe Gacy. And it's like, how did I not see that coming? How did I see it coming? <laughs> I, I don't know. So Joe Gacy and Cameron Grimes wins. And Cameron doesn't accept Joe Gacy and Joe Gacy and his crew beat the shit out of Cameron Grimes. They give him a ticket to mayhem. They Joe Gacy does his finisher on Cameron and they just leave. So then we get Jordan Devlin and he's getting a shave and he cuts himself and he looks at the blood and he's talking about how blood circulates and we're like, we don't really give a shit. We don't, we don't care. It's not that important. Who who gives a fuck? I hate this gimmick. Like, he's too super nerdy in his own head. And it's like, eh, whatever. Yeah. So then we get a Braun Breaker promo where he's talking about this whole year, how he's been champion twice. He saved the world from total destruction. And he loves NXT. And then we get Tyler Bate. And Tyler Bate's like, yeah, no, no. I would love to fight Braun. But 
you know what? Somebody has to be JD McDonough. And so he challenges JD McDonough. So then we have Nikita Lyons and Zoe Starks versus Ariana Grace and Kiana James. So of course Zoe Starks and Nikita Lyons are gonna win. Apparently, like now they're a tag team because you know they were supposed to be a tag team in a tournament and somebody was injured, quote unquote. And now they're back together as a tag team. It's like a my birthday did a real um, impression by Wayne. What's your impression? Uh, my birthday did a real impression by Wayne. Oh. He was injured. <laughs> so then we have a backstage thing, and you're supposed to be voting for the wrestler of the year, and BBC is out there, and the guy in a red hoodie that is part of, that has been backstage, and you've seen him a bunch of time with the schism. He's trying to get them to vote for Joe Gacy. And then all of a sudden, the dyad shows up and they're wanting to fight BBC. They wind up fighting for a few minutes. And the security guard comes out, the big security guard guy. And they're like, hey, leave. You got a match in a few minutes. Go back in the ring, man. It's like, okay. I didn't even but this, match. <laughs> this guy in the red hoodie, yeah, like, I can't wait till that person's revealed. Right? It's going to be interesting. Like It's going to be someone already there that we haven't seen for him. And it's not going to be Apollo. Speaking of somebody who's been there for a minute. Mm-hmm. So, I think it's Alton Smith. I think it's Alton Smith? It, I think so. I think that's his name. That name sounds familiar. Yeah. From NXT UK. is now being repackaged as... Aurora Mensa, and he'll be showing up next week. Oh, so yeah, that, that's a thing. We're still repackaging people. Fuck. Yeah, somebody didn't get repackaged, and like I'm gonna put that spoiler out later. But we get Grayson Waller, and Grayson Waller is talking about whatever the fuck Grayson Waller is talking about about how he's a superstar of the year, some bullshit. What up? Don't care. Everybody in perfection or something, yeah, yeah. So we get Javier. Javier comes out, and Hank, Hank comes out, which is Hank the security guard. And Hank the security guard rustles Javier, he gets cheered, and everybody's excited about big old Hank. And Hank and Javier are going at it, and Hank beats Javier with like this. I don't even know what it was, like a fucking European spin clothesline and pin them one, two, three. Yeah. It looks so, similar to like the move that Bray Wyatt so. Yeah. So after that, in the back in the backstage segment, Shawn Michaels offers Hank a contract, but Hank is already under contract because we knew that. Mm-hmm. And, like, months ago, I've said this, like, when this whole thing with Javier started, I was like, Hank is going to wrestle, and Hank is going to beat Javier, and now Hank is now part of the NXT roster. Hooray! Who didn't see that coming? People who weren't watching, hooray! (laughs) So, then we get the main event. And it's mellow. Mel's like, well, Wesley isn't here. So 
who's going to be my challenger? And out of nowhere, we get Solo Sokoa back. You mean Solo Sokoa from SmackDown? Yes, Solo Sokoa from SmackDown. And Solo Sokoa, who already was in NXT, and told Melo, I got next. He told him a while ago, I got next. And he meant that shit. (laughs) So, Solo Sokoa beats Melo. And soon as soon, this is the funny part. Because when Wesley got beat up, I immediately took to Twitter and tweeted out, Melo's getting a call up. Because I knew something was happening. Either Wesley was going to come back and beat Melo for that championship or somebody else was. And I was 100% right on somebody beating Melo. And Solo Sokoa beat Melo for the championship. It's now the North American champion. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. Melo's free. And if I didn't know what the next play for the NXT world title was, I would be like, okay, Melo's going to go for the NXT world title, going to lose, and then get called up. But I know what the next view for the NXT world title is. So now that has me thinking, Melo and Trick should get called up sooner than later. Okay. And now that Solo Sokoa has the North American title, which means all of the bloodline has the titles, I'm going to reference something that I heard somewhere from multiple people. And this is this is not my idea. This is not my idea, so you don't quote me on this. Somebody said that Sami Zayn should win the 24-7 title and act like it's a real title so all of the bloodline can have titles you know i'm actually okay with that <laughs> yeah just for the storyline purposes yes i'm okay with that yeah and you don't have to like kill off that title per se yes it would have a purpose exactly so then nxt is over and they're talking about the one year that was nxt and how great it was and all of a sudden at the end they show NXT and it goes from the colorful NXT to white and gold. And everybody was like, oh my God, it's back. It's back. NXT is back. There's no 2.0 to it. And everybody's like, oh my God, it's back. It's back. And the funny part about it was like a lot of people was like, well, what does this mean? What does this mean? people are still trying to figure out what this means even though there were tapings that happened right after. And the tapings, it is white and gold. It's white and gold, but it's still in the Performance Center Arena, which is great because it's a better lighting. It looks way better. And I've been saying this for years. If NXT black and gold was in a well-lit area, a well-lit area, it would 100% be a fucking factor and people would be like, oh my God, this is so great. It was kind of a combination of like black and gold and 2.0. Yes. Yes. So when I said that I know Brown Breaker's next few, so at Halloween Havoc, this is spoiler alerts. If you don't want spoilers, turn away now. I'll give you 
five seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. So, Bron's next feud. This is actually the main event for Halloween Havoc. It's Jaden McDonough versus Bron Breaker. Okay. Versus Ilya Dragunov. What the fuck? <laughs> ha. Like, I wanted to do the pause so you'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah, Ilya <laughs> Dragunov, Bron Breaker, Jaden McDonough, set for Halloween Havoc, world title main event. I didn't see the last one coming. Wow. Yeah, because the funny part is like this was already 100% spoiled that it was going to happen. So that was a thing. Oh. Because like, I think it was like when the taping started, well, not started, but like the tapings were ending. Ilya Dragunov showed up out of nowhere and everybody lost their shit. It was like, holy shit. So, yeah. So that that was great. So, question. Okay. Do you think Vince McMahon is officially gone from WWE? Nah. Uh, like I think he has something to do with it. What? I don't know, but he has something. You know what? I can tell you exactly what he has to do with it. What? The Hall of Fame. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame next year. <laughs> They're going to put him in a Hall of Fame. How do you feel about Vince McMahon going on Hall of Fame? I mean, he kind of deserves it in a way. Like, you know, like, damn, like all the like crappy shit. He's done a lot of like good stuff. Yeah, no, I 100% believe he does deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. But Mm -hmm. this is just him doing a power play of, ha-ha, ha-ha, I'm still around, bitches. And it's like, okay. Like, we we know, like, you're going in the Hall of Fame and then just, like, disappear. It's fine. Yeah, just like his last hurrah. Yeah. So... Now we're in the news section, and if you turned off for the spoiler, you can come back. Come back. So, a person that I've been trying to get Tony Khan to sign for months and months and months and months and months and months, Sky Blue is officially signed to AEW. And I'm happy about that. So, also, to bring it back to the young bucks reaching out to WWE and trying to find out if they can go like there's a lot to the story and like people like some people are like hand waving a lot of it cause like oh this doesn't add up it doesn't make sense to me boo and then some people are like wait a minute, there's more smoke to that fire than you just think. Like, maybe we should, you know, talk about this. But here's all I've known and found out from a lot of different sources. They did have contact with somebody in WWE. Yeah, it may be somebody that they actually know. They have contacted them multiple times. And the person says, well, you know, 
maybe they didn't ask me about like talking to the higher ups, but they did kind of check the temperature on how does people feel about us being around. And it's like, yeah, like that is that's literally them checking checking the temperature. And a lot of people, like when they heard it, just immediately was like, oh, they talk to the higher ups, which means that's like that's what they were talking to. No, they actually were just checking the temperature. They literally did check the temperature of what does the locker room feel about us? How do they feel about us? Because it's like a no-brainer that the higher ups would be like, nah, we're taking them. But if you don't get along with the locker room, if you don't have fun with the locker room, then there's no point in you going. You'd be stuck in the same situation. Yeah. And some people were like, oh, I definitely don't believe this. I just think it was a power play. And it could be a power play on their part. Like, yo, our contracts are coming up soon. We're going to have to renegotiate if they see that this like people on the other side that really want us, then you know, you know, and that's understandable. Like that's a hundred percent understandable. But to me, I feel like there's more smoke to this fire, and people are just like kind of dousing water on it. Like, nah, this isn't it. This isn't it. And it's like, guys, I'm pretty sure that there's more to this story than you guys are trying to. And they're like, nah. No, 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 no. It's it's not that. It's not that. It's like, okay. And it's not like, yeah, and it's not like I said, like I've said before, it's not like I'm a huge fan of the Bucks and want them to go to WWE. But this story is just like, it's too much to this story and it's too weird. And also another thing to the story that makes me go, hmm, is... People known back in August, and this is before the fight with CM Punk. Like, this is before the fight that the Young Bucks had sent out feelers on the WWE locker room. And it's like, hmm, this is before the fight. This is way before the fight. Hmm, Why did they check the temperature back then? Like, what was like, what was going on to make you go, hmm, I need to find out what's going on? Or I need to find out what's happening here. Like that, like there's a, like there's a lot of questions that I I need answered personally. Like I need to know what is like what is up with this. Like why were you guys thinking about getting out? What is like what's the story? What's what's happening? Like I can't wait till this all like folds out and it's like ah this was the whole story, guys. Ha ha. And it's like okay, but there, but there is a a lot of smoke to this fire because this is very weird. Yeah. So yeah, and as far as Kenny goes, Kenny is in Japan, and he he met up with Kota Ibushi, which is a actual big story. And I know people are like, oh, we don't give a fuck about that. It's like, no, no, no. You should because Kota Bushi was going through his thing and having troubles and him and Kenny reunited, which was which was great. Like it made me happy. It made everybody happy that, that knows Kota Bushi and was like, oh, this is great. Oh, they love. Yes. 
And Kenny and Kenny, Michael Nagazawa, Christopher Daniels are all in Japan for the game thing. Like to show off the game and like do a little thing for the game. Kenny was actually supposed to be doing something. He was actually supposed to be wrestling. But because of the suspension and because of what's going down with AEW, they totally pulled them off. So everybody else who are unsuspended, which is Christopher Daniels, who is now unsuspended, and also Micah Nagazawa, who is now unsuspended, they can basically go do whatever the fuck they want to do. Like, yeah, yeah they can just do whatever they want to do. And Kenny is just like, you can't do anything, pal. Sorry. I mean, like, last I heard, he's also getting scanned for another game. Yakuza like a dragon. I think they changed the name to. But he's yeah. getting he's getting scanned for Yakuza 8. Now, hey. here's the thing which a lot of people have no idea about and like don't know, probably don't care. Mm-hmm. The Yakuza game has had wrestlers before. Yeah. They've had New Japan wrestlers in the game. Like Okada's been in the game. Naito's been in the game. Tanahashi's been in the game. Ibushi's been in the game. There's been a whole lot of New Japan people in the game. Yeah. So it's not it's, the only thing that's weird is like Kenny's not part of New Japan and he's being scanned for the game. So it's like, okay. Also, like, I don't play these games. Like, is it weird because he's Gaijin? No, no, it's not. It's not. Because okay. there's Gaijin in the Yakuza game. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like it's like it's it's totally one hundred percent normal. It's not it's not a big deal. Okay. So yeah, it's it's, it's. But yeah, that's the that's all the news we have for now. Sure. Yes. Uh, how do you want to end the podcast? Uh. Done. <laughs> <laughs>